0: hello and welcome to open all ours um yeah it's been a bit of an up and down week since we we last spoke but um yeah i'm sure we'll Let's try and shed a positive light on everything as best we can anyway um i'm joined by a few people today uh first up is regular paul finney how are you paul
1: ah come on right
0: okay that it is it that's uh, short well no short. i'm, I'm ah, still right, trying
1: right. to i'm trying to come to terms with the fact that every st patrick's day seems to be working i've got no idea why but i was working on the thursday night to clean a job so i couldn't have a pint. So not that you need one, obviously, for those who don't need one, so a bits of public day. but hey-ho. Yeah, so there was, and I missed the QPR event as well of the eighty-two 2 team, which I'm good at the boat.
0: Yeah, but, I didn't even know about that. But anyway, there we go. I didn't know about
1: that. You don't it. surprise but, me, Chris.
0: Yeah, it's been a busy week. But any, anyway, enough about me. Um, yeah, uh, but before we go there, Paul, yeah, just, just like us say, get this at the top of the show. Um, thanks for everything for you've done for the pod this season. You've basically held it together. So uh, well done, mate. Um, I thought Did you
1: stuff that I've done? Am I getting some bad news this week or something?
0: Is that it? No, no, no. I'm just, no, I just, I, I just wanted to say, mate. Say, um, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, Paul's basically held the pod together uh, this season. So well done, mate. Um, right, enough, enough praise. That's I don't it. think
1: Chris is feeling very well. Carry
0: that's, on. That's got that out of the way. We're also joined by Tom Hilson. Hi, Tom.
1: Hi, yeah. How you going?
0: All right, mate. Yeah, just tell us a bit about yourself. For those who don't know, uh, what's your QPR connection?
2: Um, so I'm born in Hammersmith. So I grew up a little bit around the area. Yeah, um, moved away uh, a little bit. While I Was at school, and then obviously came back after school, and, and sort um, came back to supporting QPR. I was supporting QPR, supporting from afar, um, and then uh, yeah, got my season ticket in the paddocks, and been there since really.
0: I love you. Ah, the paddocks got fun, man. That's where I was when Trevor Sinclair scored that goal. But uh, since moved undercover. Um, okay, we're also joined by uh, Simon Hall. Simon, how you doing? We're not joined by Simon yet. We'll we'll come back to you on that one.
1: We've are- had a message from Simon, saying he's making a total test of this, but he'll keep trying. Carry on,
0: okay. But we're also joined by George, the only person who doesn't need a second name. George, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. So, just to remind, so you're, I, I, uh, when we in the intro before, um, we, we went live, I, I thought you were 16. I added a couple of years, <laughs> and you're 14, aren't you, mate?
3: Yeah, I'm 14. Been a QPR like C holder <laughs> since I was three, so like I've been doing it for almost 11, like 11 years now. Love it, love the highs, love the lows, but that's a QPR fan, I guess.
0: Yeah, so so where are you at school,
3: George? Are you are you sort of in West London area or a bit further out? No, I live uh, in Basingstoke. So like my dad grew up around uh, around the stadium, so I just followed I just follow suit really. So <laughs> I've never I've never lived in London, but still a mad QPR fan.
0: No, good for you, mate. Is it? Are you the only QPR fan in the school, or is
3: there? Um, is uh, there... There's a couple, but like they're not as like full QPR fan. Like they say they are, but really they really don't go to many games.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, there's, there's a QPR fan at work who, who says he's a QPR fan, but uh, but then he said, "Oh, I have been. For, I didn't go for a while because we were rubbish." And I was like, oh, "So you're not really
1: a QPR fan?" There. Yeah. Um, See, yeah. this is the thing, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> Other clubs don't really do this, do they? But we, we do judge people who, if they don't go, we're kind of like, but when they come in and say it's because we're not very good or we're rubbish, really i stop going. That's just rubbish, you know? That's
0: I, I wouldn't say it's not so much judging. It's like, listen, mate, if I have to go through this, you should have to go through it as well. You can't I mean, che- cherry pick the games. That's not fair. Um, well, no,
1: but if we're here for the, I mean, I don't, listen, no one's more of a fan than anybody else. We all know that, but it's... To me, I think it'd be hard to walk away from QPR because it's such a close knit community, such a close knit club, such a close knit fan base. It's like when you lose one fan, it's like losing a member of the family.
0: No, it's true. I think I've, I've seen this many times before, but it is it, to the point. If you can be on a message board and someone says "Quick, BBC One now," and there's someone at, at Wimbledon at the tennis wearing a QPR shirt, or there's a QPR flag at the cricket, now you're not going to get that on your Man United message board or a Liverpool message board or anything like that. It, it, and and you're equally, you know, when you have like. Um, the open days we have at QPR, you're not going to guarantee you that every person gets their shirt or, 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 or all book signed. So the, the downside is of that of course, that they win a lot more trophies. So I suppose you have to take the rough with the smooth a little bit. Um, anyway, so we'll talk about football. Um, let's start with Luton because that was that was a that was a positive. Um, Paul, I know you were there. Um, I don't know if anybody else was. Um, I was banned from going unfortunately because um, yeah. That, my, uh my, my uh, all my all my kids and uh other half were, were spooked by the fact that there might be trouble and thought that for some reason that I'd get singled out and bashed up but there you go um the last
1: time.
0: well that's what exactly that's what happened for those who don't know I got to, I, I was on my own and just got a bit of a whack from somebody which was nice um so they didn't want that happening again anyway I, I digress so Paul we might as well start with you how was it
1: it's it's weird isn't it it's it's, it's kind of like going back to the bad old days of football with the police presence and, you know, the, the mood was always quite tense when you go in there. And I don't care what anyone says. I said it in the 80s. I said it in the 90s. I said it in the 2000s. They've got the worst dressed hooligans ever known to man. <laughs> you know, which is weird because they're name for the hooligans as well. But yeah, it was tense. And there was a lot of turn and from because we were, although I was in the middle, they, they, they do this thing with their way and now they, well, they're actually quite close to you. And there's not a great... But well, there's segregation, but it's not great. So there's a lot of two and fro and a lot of shouting just for a twelve o'clock kickoff it seemed quite tense. But you know, you kind of I wondered why we were so bad the first half, because I didn't know at that point that we'd had to walk halfway up the road to get into the ground, which is obviously a tactic by Luton to make things uncomfortable for our team. Because you can't tell me when they've had a ground there for X many hundreds of years or whatever, that suddenly they can't get a coach up a frigging road on a for a twelve o'clock kickoff. It's on a Sunday, so obviously that was to just you know embarrass us, make us walk. But you know, my my thought was, no one that tents that ground, no one that area, no one that layout, no one how their fans attack us. That was dangerous to a certain degree, and it wasn't very clever from Luton. And um, we were poor for the first forty five minutes, and it kind of clicked. We we you know they we brought you know we we changed the round, a wee bit, we got a wee bit more energy, and we went for it. They got the the penalty, which was ridiculous penalty for them to give away but a stone cold penalty and I'm taking credit for this because I was pointing and, and Cindy will tell you this I was pointing to where he should put it and I know he was making eye contact <laughs> and it, I know I'm cross-eyed but I could friggin' tell so he put it exactly where I said and then uh, everything changed we were a lot quicker we were at them we were a lot tidier midfield we were snapping away at them and it looked like everything had come together you know and then you know the the the, the, the Dicky goal was just brilliant I mean and the the scenes of celebration after that was a you know was brilliant. And um going home was a bit shite because um they they kind of kettled us a wee bit and then was a wee bit of trouble. But I kind of made up for that by talking to a policeman about his pension. I don't think he was expecting that on the way back to the station because <laughs> I, I made a mind in the police and he was saying that the old pension was better than the new pension. So I was asking him about that, and he was like, "You know what? I was not expecting that." So went yeah. home him.
0: So basically, and you bored him into submission, and then uh, I brought,
1: I bored half the people in this podcast into <laughs> But it's it's sad because you kind of remember when Chris, me, and you were old, but. Them there's you kind of hope we're gone. You know what I mean? You kind of uh, it's been it's been it's been like
0: the last few seasons. It's been it's been bubbling under and well more than that really I think. And it's 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 clearly not just QPR, not just Luton. I think I've seen it seen it a few places. It seems, seems to be a general undercurrent that's well, the, coming back.
1: The, and I was saying that the couple was saying that that's the, the most police have had during the season and stuff. And for twelve o'clock kick off, it's quite mad. But football wise, which is more important than what was going on away from the the game, I just felt that. As I keep saying, that thing by Luke was just disgusting and stupid and it backfired on him. thank God. And we, you know, it gave me some hope for um, Wednesday. A lot yeah. of hope for Wednesday, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, Up exactly. the hill, kick down the other fucking side just as quickly.
0: <laughs> Tom, we'll bring we'll bring you in next. Um, how, how did you see the game? Um, first of all, were you there or were you watching on the box?
2: No, I was watching at home for this one. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, probably the first game really the first game of all season where I thought it could be a bit of a watershed moment for for the, for the rest of the year for the whole season so, you know we've got what 10 games left something like that and that's a lot of points to play for but just after that like run that we'd had I just couldn't help but feel like if we'd come away with nothing against Luton it would have that would have probably been here and would have would have trickled away and 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th becomes more a reality than 6th, 5th even 4th so um, we're the first game all year I've been a bit nervous for and and Luton, a good side. Like Nathan Jones is, a, he's done a great job there. We might hate him, and he's an absolute <laughs> maniac. He's a he's a nutter, but he's um, he's done a great job there. He's gone playing, and and I, they were far by far the better side, by far the better side for the first half. I thought, um, even if the way they got ahead was madness, like, I don't know anyone can, can try and justify that as being an accident. Like, handball, it's crazy. Luton, that. Maradona. Oh, it's incredible! But um, you know, to come back fighting that second half when um, you know people criticised QPR for six, seven games now—it's absolutely superb. And Andre Gray, I thought, had his best game for the club by by country I know he's excellent and he's probably fired up, but he's had a couple of games where you know he's looked like he just he couldn't really be bothered, which I don't really like saying about a Rangers player. And it's probably one of the worst things you can probably say about a footballer, but he's come out firing the last few. And um, I thought he was really, really good against Luton. Um good bit of skill got him away, stonewalled, stonewall penalty, and and we were away. And I, I think we you know, a draw would probably have been a fair result, but you look at it with QPR glasses on and, and <laughs> you know, to get um, to have Amos stand on the keeper's toes as it flies in the uh, as it flies in off Dickie's shoulders, beautiful, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean you'd hate it if it was against you, but yeah, it's you you roll with the punches, don't you? It's like you, you know. Basically, yeah, they got away with the handball. We got away with that, so i, yeah. I, I clearly Nathan Jones didn't agree with that. But uh, uh,
3: the even Stevens of it all, um, George, what did you make of it all? Yeah, it was it was a roller coaster. Let's say uh, I was there, so like it was a weird experience for me because I'm used to going to these more modernised grounds. So like going well,
1: through,
3: est- yeah, going through an estate, through someone's back garden to get in was quite. quite weird Uh, and then the first half honestly you wouldn't believe the amount of stick our players were getting from people around me I couldn't believe how how much negative and how fickle we really are to be totally honest with you Uh, it was a pretty poor performance it was a clear handball I don't get how that how that was allowed and then I think in the second half it could have gone either way we could have conceded again and completely lost it but luckily Andre Gray worked well for the penalty, great finish, and then after that, I think we—I always thought we were going to win. It was just a matter of time, but maybe that's just my positivity. But <laughs> it was a—it was a good—it was a good—it was a good day in the end, and it was a great finish by Dicky in the end.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, the negativity—you I mean, do—I mean, you do get that. I, I think our away support's been brilliant this year. I mean, I've been to quite a few away games. Couldn't make that one unfortunately, and couldn't make Forest, but been to quite a few and on the, on the whole i've got to say you know we get behind the team and even when we've gone behind we have but equally you always get that you always get a little band of people shouting stuff i mean was it sort of like directed any player in particular or was it just generally?
3: Oh, it was directed at every player mate honestly every time a misplaced pass i couldn't repeat it here but no yeah a lot was said a lot was said yeah. you can
1: repeat what you want but your dad will probably slap you in the head
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: well by the way Simon's joined us by the way Chris I know yeah
0: I'm, I'm coming hi, to, hi. I'm coming to Simon right it no, no, s- wasn't
1: that I just don't know if you noticed because Simon's um basically Simon with, with social media is equivalent to Steve Slid with an open net
0: yeah <laughs> <No I'm> <laughs> worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so okay Simon Simon Hall uh, so just quick introduction Simon um how, how did you come about uh following this great club uh, club of ours
4: Basically, lived in um, London for about two or three years when I, was, when I was young, and that was my path into QPR. Um, I've lived in Penzance, lived in Dorset. So growing up, I was used to being the only sort of QPR fan in, in those sort of areas. Yeah. I then um, went to university in Norwich and started going even more regularly, started um, writing and selling for In The Lofts. And then I had the pleasure of um, sitting with Paul in H-Block in early 2000 with him. Steve Russell played in the LSA five sides with him. Took over your rolling goal, Paul, I seem to recall. And <laughs> that was shit. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, no, it was exactly because of that. And... You weren't much better. You're right, so I wasn't, but I could fill the goal more. <laughs> and... What, so what we could do there, yeah, we've, we've just, we, I've just known Paul for ages and he's been bantering me to come on this and I've decided tonight's the night.
0: Brilliant. Well, firstly, my condolences for having to sit, sit with Paul for that long. Um, no, no problem.
4: <laughs> what, did so, you, yeah.
0: what, did you, what did you make of the game? What did you make of the Luton game?
4: Well, I was there on. I, I was there as well on Sunday, and I think I was quite lucky with the people I was stood around. I managed to. I decided to get in early just to avoid any sort of trouble. Um, but the first half, I think, as everyone else has said, was poor, and I think that was almost getting to a stage where it was the first time I was genuinely thinking we might not make the playoffs here. I'd been very, very confident, perhaps up until the Cardiff game, but that first half. Where it was slow, it was stodgy. Those four minutes of injury time, where all we did was knock the ball about halfway, it was one of those where it was like we're not going anywhere here. Yeah. And what we made, and then the second half, fair play. What Warburton did really well—he made a few, he made a few changes. I can only echo. I thought Gray was excellent. Well won, well won penalty, but I think putting Amos on for a little bit of pace up top made a big difference. And then for the last 20 minutes, having Willock on just to go into tiring defence. It worked really, really well. And yes, I totally agree. Whilst the draw was a fair result, um, I don't think anyone could begrudge us it. And I think we saw out the game exceptionally well. I think it was in, in days gone by, I think we'd have panicked. But I thought we handled that time, particularly Moses, particularly, as I say, Willock. I thought they did a superb job there. As I say, living in Hemel Hempstead, it's one of those where, yeah, beating Luton was always a good was always a good thing.
0: <laughs> Excellent, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the subs there, aren't you know, I mean, Austin. Okay, he didn't do did that much, but I thought as soon as he came on, he he, he sort of ruffled them a bit. He got in their faces. Yeah. He gave us that. So I think even that, you know, that small role definitely helped us. Um, I, I think what we seem to have done, you know, it, 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 we really struggle against this high press, this this hard press. Um. And, you know, they were totally in our fight. They played very well. I mean, you can't, you know, like you say about Nathan Jones, he's done really well despite being a bit of an arse. Um, but, yeah, we struggled, we struggled against Barnsley last season. Um You know, and I, I think basically the, the other the flip side of the hard press is, obviously, you can only do that for so long. And I think it showed in the second half that they were tiring. And so when we brought on the pace, um that clearly helped. But I... I I just wanted to say, because Hendrik came in for a lot of criticism, he even, he even put a tweet out, which I felt quite sorry for him, saying sorry wasn't about best of the day, best of the day we got the points. What, what's the general feeling on that, Paul? Is he just a scapegoat? I mean, is, or has he sort of upset the equilibrium, if you like? Has he upset the uh, the, the balance of the team a bit?
1: I'm kind of, probably going to get flack for this, but I'm not sure how you can have Field, Johansson and him playing together. Um because Field does that role really well of sitting back and being the uh, defensive midfielder. Johansson's still sort of like form wise in and out, and Hendrik just seems to be finding his way. And it, 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 yeah, he, I mean, we'll talk about Forrest in a minute, but like it's just, it doesn't seem to be happening, does it? And our it, it, form coincided with him, and Jordan, so people are going to obviously look at that and say, you know, well, hang on a minute here. Have, has he upset the dresser? I, I think he probably hasn't. I don't think. I think that's probably stretched it, but something's not right. Do you know what I mean? And it's just kind of like, and I, I think with him coming in, it's kind of maybe upset the balance with Amos a wee bit. And we that. Amos was just finding form after coming back from range. I don't know. Very mixed feelings about it. I don't like seeing any player getting hammered. And it, you want every player to do well. And I hope he does well. But at the moment, it's, yeah, it's, if it's between him and Amos to be in side, I'd pick Amos every time.
0: Yeah. I mean, but one
1: I, thing I will say, so well, I don't get away from this, and I forgot to mention, Jimmy Dunn was superb on Sunday and the way he he got shade from the Luton fans and give it back to him, superb. (laughs) And that goes for all fans. If if you're going to give a player a shade, take out the chin when they give it back to you, he was superb. And uh, Nathan Jones, he's been crying for too long. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) George, uh, Hendrick, I mean, the general balance of the team, what's your views? I mean, the thing is, I don't want to turn this into a chump because... I mean, when I said upset the bat, I don't—I didn't mean upset the dressing room. That's board. fine. I, I, A lot of people said it. I meant just, um, you, you know, just the, the balance of the side. Uh, George,
3: what, what's your thoughts, mate? But I've always said since he's came in that I don't think he can play alongside Johansson especially. Uh, I think they're too similar. They both look for that same ball and almost like stepping on each other's toes, like ruining each other's work. So like, you could say it's messed up the equilibrium. Oh, I can't say that word. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's just me I trying to be clever, mate. Don't worry. I know uh, messed up the balance a bit, but I still, I do think he's been given a bit too much stick. I don't think he's been, I don't think he's been that bad yet. He hasn't been up to the uh, like performances he should be at. But hopefully, hopefully it will improve. But I think the last couple of games have shown that he can't play with Johansson in the midfield.
0: Yeah, Tom, you echo that.
2: Yeah, I think so. I George (laughs) Wright, I don't think I've seen them have a good game together yet, like Johansson and Hendrik. I'm a big big Johansson fan. I think um, it'd be a real shame if um, if it doesn't go well because the recruitment at QPR has been brilliant in the last year, and all the loans that came in in January made has made the last twelve months, last calendar year, whatever you want to call it, fantastic. And it would be a real shame if this kind of year, the January, the January loans that come in have the opposite effect. Um, I don't think they will. I think I think it, it, they'll bed in and they'll find a way. Hendricks, QPR is five games, six games old or whatever it is. So um, you might need a little bit of time, but um, it doesn't blow me away when we've got our own players like Dezel. I know Dezel got to go at Forest. We've got Dezel. We've got George Thomas. We've got uh, Luke Amos, Don Ball, not getting game time when when they're our assets, rather than um, rather than paying, paying probably a fair bit of money for for someone we've shipped in, that's that'd be my concern but more than anything else.
0: Yeah, Simon. I mean, before we move on from from Luton, would you would you say that's a fair point? What's been said by everyone?
4: I, I, I think that's a fair point. I think the one thing which has disappointed me is that having those three means that you don't have someone running beyond the strikers. And I think that's something which we've struggled with a lot during the run in February. And I think just for that, Amos is the only person who is capable of running beyond the striker and actually getting in. So like what he did at Huddersfield, like what he did at Blackpool, if I think you're right where you basically say, I think you can play one of Hendrick or Johansson. I don't think you can play both. And don't get me wrong, there have been some small signs where you could see there's clearly a player there with Jeff Hendrick. There's clearly there's clearly a reason why he's been playing Premier League football for the last few years. But ultimately, he just needs to do it on a more consistent basis. And But it has to be Field, it has to be Johansson. And for that sort of high press and that energy, I think it has to be Amos in midfield as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I concur with, with everything that's said. I mean, I, I feel a bit sorry for him because he's obviously not trying to play badly. He's not, and, he, you know, he's sort of coming from the cold a bit at Newcastle. He's slotted into a team, like you say. It's, it's almost like, you know, like a, a square peg in a round hole almost. It's just like not quite the right role for him or, 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 or maybe it's the right role, but you've got two people trying to or even three people trying to do the same thing. Um, you know, I think it's unfair just to, you know, Make him the. It's not the, he's not the only reason we've dropped points, but uh, but equally, I yeah you know, I don't think it's helped. Um, okay, well let's move on to Forest. I mean, after Luton, I've got to say, and I mean, we were me and my daughter were, were upstairs in the in the bedroom, and they're just like, yeah, I, I, I thought the ceiling was going to come through at one stage. It was um it was uh, limbs everywhere. It was great, and and I can imagine it's even better in the way in. But yeah, I mean, after that, to be honest. I was I was looking, I thought everything was looking positive for Forest, and I kind of thought. We get something there, um, and and it all started well, Paul, didn't it?
1: It did. Because I got there in the pissing rain, and it was <laughs> a, a long, old drive that, and um, it wasn't great. And um, yeah, do you know what? It's it's kind of like, you know, what I mentioned all the time is taking to the top of the hill and boot you down the other side. But I don't think we did much wrong. It just seemed that the pitch was heavy. Our legs just got eaten away during the, during that game. Everyone seemed to be really heavy legs. They killed us. They absolutely killed us down the flanks. Um, we got the goal, and you're thinking, okay, this is we can do this again, and <clears> then <throat> it all seemed to sort of slip away from us. You know, it's yeah, and I think that's them sort of things with Marshall and um, getting injured, Willock getting injured, that heavy pitch. You kind of you can see the playoffs kind of being a massive ask, and you, but it's such a shame because we've fought so hard to be here. We've played some bloody good football with some players that we've brought in, like Tom says, recruitment's been amazing and, and to see the lads come in and and, get, and do what they've been doing this season. And it just may get taken away from us, mainly because of injuries as well. I mean, I can't remember a time when so many keepers have got injured in one season. That, that's yeah. insane. Um, but also, you know, Forest were just, I mean, you talk about high press, they killed us on that. On, and then once they got the, you kind of knew once seat. They got that goal. It was going to be curtains for us because it was just honors all the time, and it was it was a real shame because I think we did dug dug in really well. I think we were unlucky. The referees seemed to go through a phase of just booking every single one of us for. I mean, some of them were bookings, but there was the, the worst challenge was the forest number nine. He, he came in like flipping Bruce Lee on a bad day, like you know, just and there was a red all day long, and we didn't get that one, and that was a bit of a strange one. Marshall hamstring, whatever it was. um I don't know. I know Simon was near me, and I could hear Simon groan when when they scored the third goal. And he won't <laughs> yeah. believe me, said, that, but I could I could hear it, Simon. You sort of it was just what you you did. What we were all thinking I was like, oh no,
4: yeah, that. Yeah, it was One of those sorry. where it was like there was no way we were getting back from that when it went to 3-1, three minutes to go with a keeper who couldn't stand on one leg. It was it's as optimistic as I'd like to be. I I knew for well then that was it.
0: Yeah, and, and do you think, I mean, he talks about, I, I actually think in the first, I mean, if we'd have, you know, if we'd have taken, if we had the, the first half against Forest and the second half against Luton, join them together and we play like that for the rest of the season, I think I think we'll be fine. Yeah, and, you know, football, absolutely. See football not played on paper, blah, blah, blah. But um, I thought we, yeah, I thought, I thought first half, I thought I, I was really impressed. I thought we got our zip back. I thought we were, you know, we were spraying the ball around. We thought It wasn't like, you know, we've just been guilty of just like being up in the air. I I just thought we took it to them. I thought uh, Willock was outstanding, and like you say, we had a a lot of bad luck there. Willock, despite okay, Willock goes off chair, puts a sublime through ball through for for our goal. But yeah, Willock was basically you know Adam on Adam on toast quite a bit that that, that first time. Well,
1: they they kicked him to death as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's ultimately why it went off, isn't it? I think it was because I, I thought was, I'd done his hammy at first, but I think it was like he, he like got bruised thigh or something, doesn't he? Or th-
1: I mean, they, but honestly, Chris, it was. I don't know what Tom and Simon thought, but it was embarrassing to watch. The referee gave him no protection at all. <coughs> yeah. They were just yeah. literally lining up to kick him, and yet every time we sneezed, we got booked. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but and, and the thing is, you know, the other thing to say is, you know. They couldn't score until they got, what was basically a worldie, you know, or maybe not a complete worldy, but a, a thirty yarder, um, you know. They, 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 that was, you know, they hadn't been able to score until that point. But like you say, once they score, the crowd are up, galvanises them. Um, you know, we've got. I don't know what point he injured his hamstring, but obviously, you know, the keeper was was struggling. Um, yeah, I just think before bit- the
1: second goal, I think was it was it, before, it was before the second goal, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he made that brilliant save as well, didn't he? But I I just think events events conspired against us, and of course, going on the message boards afterwards, it was doom and gloom, end of the world. But I, I I don't know. I didn't actually feel like that. I have done it at certain games this <laughs> this this year, but, I, but the, the Forest game, I wasn't too disillusioned. Um Tom, what did you think? You were you were also there?
2: Yeah, yeah, I was out there watching it mostly through a monsoon, to be honest, Um but. um <laughs> It was, um, you know, I don't think I was too disillusioned really. I sort of came away thinking Forrest would probably, probably all right value for it. And having, having gone one up and played really well in the first half, it's obviously disappointing. Um, but it's nothing like the Cardiff game where we were one up and, and then played horribly. We were, we were one up and, and a, and a decent side, decent side came on to us. I think, as well as chair, but I think we really, we really missed him when, when Willow went off. He's, um, I think it just shows how important he is to our, to, to, to the team, and then hopefully he'll be he'll be he'll be back soon. I think um, the one I'd like to single out for a bit of praise is Odeh Barjo.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, I thought he played really well. Um, he 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 tucked up his his opposite number really nicely. He just I think he's growing every single game at the moment, and he's and I think he's someone who who he, he copped a lot of stick unfairly early on in the year. Um, yeah. His performances weren't quite where like they were after he'd stuck one in the top bins against Man United in, in a preseason, yeah, and everyone thought we'd high, high Kaffer or something like that. But um, he was um, he was brilliant again. He's been he's been really good the last few weeks, and he's probably been one of the bright spots of, of a bit of a disappointing little run, to be honest. Well, I, I
0: think we you know there, there's you know part of it I think is is like playing if the if you, the more games you play, the more confidence it gives you. If you if rather than being in and out. Um, and you and you, um, you mentioned Grey earlier on saying some of the games he looked disinterested. Well, some games he's only coming on for like 10 minutes here or 15 minutes there. You can't really get yourself, you know, in, get yourself like match fit into your stride, whatever you want to call it. And I, I think that's definitely benefited both of them having a little bit of a run. But yeah, I agree, particularly against Luton, which I, I think he was man of the match against Luton. And, and what we've been lacking and we've been, you know, banging on about for ages this side is pace, I think. That's what... Like, severely hamstrings us and I, I must admit I did find the, the substitutes a little bit odd against Forrest um I don't know what anyone else thinks I just think that you know bringing on um Hendrick and Johansson just just slowed everything right down again Paul I'll come to you in a second George don't worry I haven't forgotten mate
1: <laughs> I think I think this subs killed us I mean he, maybe there was something good on that week we couldn't see I mean you know it's one of them things but you know, managers don't make bad decisions deliberately. Players don't play badly. But it seemed to just take a lot... It gave them more momentum than it gave us. That's all you can say about it. And, yeah, they just kept coming at us and at us and at us. And, yeah, I think the subs weren't great. Um, but I don't know why they were made. But obviously the manager does. And, um, yeah, it's just frustrating because we're a bloody good side. And I just want to, I just want to see the end of the season. Knowing that we've had a good team, we have got a good team this season and they've done as proud, they've done as well. I just don't want things to get like George said. And the, the, it was first half, Luton was quite eggy with the, with the fans and it was edgy and people were getting singled out, a lot of negativity and stuff. And I don't think this team deserves it. People might think I've been a bit of a kiss ass saying that, but I'm not. I generally do. I've seen shake QPR teams every time. This lot isn't one of them. Do you know what I mean? So
0: well, we said I just. We, we, uh, Warlock, a minute. <laughs> Going back a bit there. the <laughs> Warburton, we've had him recently. I think in some ways we've been the victims of our own success this season because we've done so well. When you do fall, it becomes more dramatic than if you've just been in fourteenth and you drop down to seventeenth. You know what I mean? It, it's that, that's what it feels like to me. Anyway, George, many apologies. You're back on, mate. Um, so Forrest, how did you see that? I mean, I, I, for me, sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say we lost to a better team. I mean, sometimes you have, you know. But what, what did you make of it, George?
3: Yeah, I think overall they were the better side. Uh, going up, uh, going in front in the first half was always a positive. I think a great finish in the end by Gray, although the keep you could argue it was poor keeping. Uh, their their goal, absolute weldy, great strike. Let's be honest, no one's going to save that. Uh, and then their second goal, a bit lucky, I guess you could say, but you know, let's just. Let's just move on. Really, like they were the better team on the day, and like I don't think it should like move us that far back in terms of our overall season season goal. Like if you were to tell a QPR fan that we'd be sixth place, nine games left, I think they would have uh, what's it called beating your head off like, all day. Yeah. Like we need to we need to think more about where we've came from the last few seasons rather than where we were. Like. 15 games ago chasing for
0: second yeah so how, how do you you know george because you i mean you know like all of all of us i guess you're sort of living and breathing every game how, how do you how do you feel when we, we have a defeat how do you, you 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 seem like quite a positive person do you
3: how do you how do you react to are you, are you quite upset you're quite angry are you... oh i get you, you didn't want to see me after that forest game i was pretty <laughs> i was pretty annoyed but uh but you know i've taken some time to reflect on it looked at the highlights they were the better team and like we're QPR fans we're we're used to losing at some points but I think we just need to think like we are QPR if you're a fan who like expects a team to win every week you should be supporting the likes of Man City and that lot Um, (laughs) so yeah, you know, it was it was a disappointing defeat but I guess as I always say in my vlogs we go again on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think that's right and good little plug there George as well.
3: Where where can we find where can we find your vlogs for anyone who wants to have a look? Uh they're posted on Twitter. I do them every home game and as I said before I'm I'm going to try to do a couple of away games soon hopefully.
0: Yeah, you should mate. You should. I mean I've seen a couple of them you're doing you know, you're doing a great job. And no doubt, no doubt we'll all be booted out of here soon and you'll be uh <laughs> you'll be ruling the roost and rightly so. Um so we've covered
1: forest, we covered loon. We didn't mention yeah, asked Simon about Forest Chip, for God's sake, Chris. Remember Simon.
0: That, Simon was talking about forest before, he talked after you, but Simon, by all means come back in and just come yes. to a think.
1: it's I stand here, but he, he gives me chip if I don't give him a
4: first <laughs> show. Carry on. <laughs> Harsh Paul. I think it's um I think there's a couple of themes which came from Forrest. First of all, um it's yet another foul on one of our star players, which hasn't been addressed or hasn't been dealt with by a referee. You think about what happened with the at Blackburn, where he's he's injured for weeks with a studs up challenge and absolutely nothing happens. Will it yet again get kicked to Kingdom Come and yet again nothing happens to him? And I think you're almost at a stage where I think sooner or later, in the same way as Dean Smith did with Jack Grealish, where he was getting fouled and he just made it more and more open. Look, we need a little bit more protection. Part of me, and I don't know whether this is in Warburton's character, whether Warburton could actually come out and actually start saying, look, some of our players like Cher, Willock and so on, deserve a lot more protection from referees than they're getting at the moment. I think, with regard to the substitutions, I could actually understand. I could see the logic as to why Warburton did it. I mean, particularly the Dizel one. He hadn't played in. He had played in weeks, and mm. I think to take him off for Johansson, I think made sense. I think where possibly he got didn't get it right. I'm not entirely convinced he needed to make a double substitution. That, exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. I think.
0: Yeah. I think one or the other would, would was okay. And, you know, Dazelle Diz- had already got a yellow card. He was sort of walking a bit of a tightrope. Um, but, yeah, I think... What do we think... Um, sorry, just because we we, we touched on um, how good Odobejo has been, and rightly so. Um, obviously, that's left um, Uncle Albert out in the cold a little bit. Um, what do we feel about... I mean, I, for me, I, I thought um, that maybe he could have come on, like, for 15 minutes, 20 minutes against Forrest. Um, but w- w- what do we think? Should, is, is there a place for Albert in the scene? You might as well carry on now you're, now you're, now you're
4: talking. Yeah, I think there's an impact. I think there's an impact sub. yes. But interestingly, I think interestingly with Adema, with being a fan's favourite, I think people sometimes forget his crossing isn't as consistent as I think we might like. He gets into great positions. But I think for the most part, his final ball can sometimes be a bit wayward. Goals notwithstanding. I think if you have him in as an impact sub to, say, 20, 25 minutes... I think you can use him really, really well. I also think the thing which affected us on Wednesday, and I'm not entirely sure why he didn't play, was McCullum not playing. I think if McCullum had been playing down that left, down that left wing up against Fenton Johnson, I think again there we might have had the potential to have Barbie in or Sanderson, and we would have had the pace to deal with them a little bit more. So, but again, I'm not entirely sure the reason why he didn't play. But I think that would have had quite a positive impact on what we did.
0: From what I heard, he was all set to play. And then something happened. I don't know if he got a knock or a mm-hmm. nigger or something. So I, I think the intention was was to play him. Um, so, Paul, yeah, Uncle Al, but Also, Charlie Austin. Let's talk a bit about Charlie. Because, obviously, I, I have to say, you know, against Luton, uh, you know, like you say, he only came on um, like, like towards the end. But, you know, you could see it in his celebrations. He wasn't, like, sulking or anything oh, like that. He well, was, joining, he was well. It meant as much to him as to everybody else. Um what do you think that, he, that the roles for him and, 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 and um and uh, Adoma are for the rest of the season, Finney?
1: It's a tricky one, isn't it? But I mean the thing with um Adoma I wonder if he would have offered a bit more of an outlet on against Forest for sure. That to give Moses that little bit of um help down that flag because he was Basically, at one stage, it was him against three Forest players, and and sometimes maybe having an outlet could have give us a bit more down the, you know, pace down the, the flank to get forward to help. Because Gray's been doing, um, some brilliant runs off the ball, but he's just not getting the ball. I know it sounds very strange thing to say, but you know, you actually, if you actually watch Gray, he's doing everything right, and I think. (laughs) With um, I don't with him and Charlie. I wouldn't write them off. I think they've got a part to play. It's just disappointing they haven't had more game time this season, and and um, Charlie has has gone off the ball a little bit. Not maybe nothing he's doing wrong, but just the way the squad rotation's going, and um, you know, COVID didn't help. cuz know, they had COVID in the family and everything else, and and, and everyone's, the strikers did go through a bit of a dodgy stage, but. I think what Austin brings to the team in a they they bring such a positive vibe and a positive energy. it'd be a shame to see that go away. So I hope there's a rule for them. And that's my most political answer ever.
0: <laughs> well done. Tom, um just coming to you, where well, you can you know you can pick up on that if you like as well. Um yeah, Gray, I've got just got to mention Gray as well. I mean, he's three and three now. He again, I think he's benefiting from that that run of games. Um uh, and I know as you said, you know, before he didn't look at as interested, but he's definitely Doing well now. I mean, in an ideal world, who would you who would you be in your starting
2: lineup? Oh, we've all forgot about Linda Dykes. So I don't know where he's gone. I think he's yeah. an ring He's got. He's um, yeah, he's been yeah. for Scotland. The ring. He's, yeah. he's in the Scotland squad. He's in the Scotland squad. Yeah. Um, so I think Dykes probably our one for futures. He's like says our asset. We've got to we've got to build him up. But um, Gray's done great in the last few weeks. I've said and three. Three and three is superb, and he's got to he's got to keep going. Um, I think Charlie, I'm absolutely convinced, is going to come good. Like he just he's just a goal scorer. He exactly where it is, and he just seems like he's got a, he's been brilliant since he came in. Great attitude around school. He's helped people around him, and I also think Rangers, and he's been probably been a problem for years really. Just seem a little bit nice. I wouldn't want us to turn into Preston or anything like that, but. We do see why been nice to be a bit nice. I don't think anyone can accuse Charlie of being too nice when he's playing or to the oppo when we're playing him. So um, I think he makes a big, big difference. I mean, definitely around the dressing room, but he's he's not done making making influence around the dressing room. He's gonna be he's gonna have a big part to play in the last nine games. We can get him on the park, I think. And and if we if we need a goal to go in off someone in the six yard box, I don't I wouldn't want anyone else on the end of it. I don't think. Um, okay.
0: Um, George, so yeah, just, just picking up on that. I mean, if if
2: if everyone's fit, would you who who would you have
0: in your team? Would you have Albert in your team? Would you have Charlie? Would you have Dykes? Or are you happy with how things are
3: relatively at the moment? I think in terms of fullback wise, I'd start Moses just because I think I quite a good impact player in the last 30 minutes. Like we've seen it quite a few times at home this season. He comes on and completely changes a game, gives us the lift we need. I think striker wise I think at the moment you can only put Gray in like the formation we're playing only like when we played with two strikers I think it almost left a bit too much of a gap in the midfield and it was e- easier for them to run and pressure our defense so I think Gray's our best choice of striker at the moment and I've said if we've been like wanting to push for the playoffs in these last uh, like 10 15 games we needed a striker to go on a bit of a run score like six or seven goals and I'm hoping that's what uh, Gray's doing at the moment but in terms of the Charlie Austin situation he's such an important player to this team and as all of you have said if there's one person we want on the end of a cross it's him and he'll put in he'll put in any important goal and I'm pretty sure he'll have some important part to play in our last nine games.
0: Brilliant. Okay, George, I'm going to stay with you because I'm just going to ask this to everybody before we go to our RZ. Um, in your heart of hearts, first of all, do you think we're going to make the playoffs? And who is going to make the playoffs with us if we do? Who, who do you? Who's your? I think are we are we saying Fulham and Bournemouth are going up? Do you think?
3: Yeah, I think Fulham and Bournemouth are going up automatically.
0: And who would you? Who do you think is going to make the playoffs?
3: Uh, I think judging by the performance, uh, I think Forests are going to make it. Uh, I think Blackburn are going to drop off at the end. So I think Forest, uh, Sheffield United, uh, Huddersfield, and I'm going to go optimistic and, and stay, say us. But Good lad. yeah, I think I just think at the end we're going to go on a bit of a run and end up making it in like sixth or fifth. I'm confident.
0: Yeah, from what I can work out, I think if we win five, an next 5 I have got the table in front of me, so I might be my an X. we're on 59 at the moment?
3: Uh Yeah, we're level on points of
0: seventh, yeah so, so if we win five of nine, I think That takes us to 74 That's pretty much I mean, it's a bit of a big ask But it, I, I think you, the, the, the thing is that everyone's playing everyone, aren't they, at the moment So, um, yeah I'm Okay, Tom, what, what do you think? Yeah, what,
2: I think um, I think You're right I think Huddersfield are Probably nailed on They've been such a good far. I know they've I know they had a little slip But outside of that um, and I think Blackburn, Blackburn will drop away. So I'm going to go for Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, Forest, and us
1: okay.
2: to get a bit of
4: playoffs. And um, yeah, Blackburn's to fall away.
0: Okay. Um, same question, Simon. How do you see it going?
4: I think first of all, I'm not entirely convinced Bournemouth are going to go up. Okay. Um, if, you, if you have a look at Bournemouth's running for the last seven games, they are playing pretty much everyone in the top seven, top eight. So if they've not got a big gap to um, Huddersfield, I and Huddersfield running is a fair bit easier. I actually think there's every chance that Bournemouth might finish third and Huddersfield might sneak it. With regard to the, with regard to us in the playoffs, I think ultimately there's two games which are going to matter to that, and they are the two games against Sheffield United. It's almost like a wild card before the before the top six. If we get four points out of that, it'll be us. I think if we get less than that, it will be Sheffield United. So I'm actually going to go Bournemouth, um, Forest, because, again, I thought they were excellent on, on Wednesday and in a great run of form. Borough, and then it's going to be one of us all Sheffield United, but I genuinely, genuinely at the moment, I can not call it.
0: Yeah, fair, fair enough. And Paul?
4: I just broke something out
1: today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you know, on Tom, and, and I don't know if you had it on TV um, Chris and, and, and George but they're thinking the Scotsers were coming for you and I'm thinking God they it they'll be a wee bit above themselves for next season Christ alive they're not even in the playoff probably yet hang on course, saying, live... who said that who said that Forest Fires thinking Scotsers were coming for I you okay and I'm like Christ talk about, no, about... Eric no no, they're,
0: no they're, they, they're talking about they've got they got the oh, guy, they got yes,
1: F-I-Duck. well, I didn't know that, did I? That's what I was coming to. <laughs> oh. And then I was listening to the radio today and Cooper was on the radio, who sounds the most miserable bugger ever. Anyway, he was on top of that. I thought, oh, yeah, of course. Because that was puzzling me for ages, that was. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, Forest are probably the best side I've seen without a shout. I don't think, I mean, if they'd have got their arse under gear, they'd probably be overtaking uh, Bournemouth. I agree with Simon. I think Bournemouth will blow it. Um, They've totally, you talk about us, maybe on Barnes in the squad. They've they, they brought a whole squad in and they've completely fixed it. Um, I'd love to see if they'll mess up, but they won't, so they'll go up. I'm interested to see the prices for the new stand, by the way. Absolutely ridiculously priced, but never mind.
0: Ridiculously, hot, like mean.
1: yeah, it's gonna be very expensive next season for them, anyway. Um, yeah, I think the lads have said it. I think you know. Us, Sheffield, I don't know, Middlesbrough, you can't really call it, but I I think Middlesbrough have definitely got momentum. Um, So, yeah, us and Sheffield, I don't know, two games, you couldn't make it up, could you? I mean, hopefully we'll get as many fans as we can to to Sheffield for that match because it's, you know, like Forest, you know, the trains are absolutely shite. We'll have to stay over and stuff. Although, Tom found an interesting route back, didn't you, Tom? You're going by Loughborough on Wednesday. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, and my mate, ran out of, uh, ran out of the station at <laughs> full time. Jumped in a cab to. Uh, we actually went to East Midlands Parkway in the end, and um, so I had to get about ten miles down the line to get the last train. So uh, yeah, we had cannonball run out of. Uh, Nottingham. Yeah. Well, that
4: I that was the, the world, actually,
0: doing all that, there was like over a thousand fans there. That was a that was a, 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 a,
1: that was a great atmosphere, Chris. It was, and you know, this is a thing about us. It's it's. I don't. I know it's. People are getting them players back and things like that, but I think everyone's everyone's had a good season, and thank God we're back after COVID enough like that. and that I think there's definitely a connection with the fans and the players. I mean, when the players came down on on, on Wednesday, they got a decent reception, and they were knackered. I mean, Moses could hardly walk at yeah. the end of the game. He was he put a shift, and that pitch was heavy. I mean, that was a really heavy. I know it's the same for both sides, but. Jesus, he yeah, it was getting.
0: To me, if that, if that rain had gone an hour longer before, then it could almost have been cooled off. It was, it, it was that. Oh, it, was,
1: it, was, it was hard going. but... And, and Jimmy Donegan was amazing. I mean, you know, I've, I've kind of decided, unless he's America, he's my player of the year. And I'm not just saying that's a marriage. And it's St. Yes. Patrick's week. He, he He's just superb. But I think I love this team. And I'd, I'd love that if we get a stick brave. And I don't think, I mean, I know sometimes I get a wee bit depressed and come away from the thing, oh, we've maybe blown it. We're not scoring enough goals and that. But you know what? it'd be so fantastic if we get that sixth place then, then anything's up for grabs isn't it I mean who knows and then just get in the Premier League grab the money and f***ing run
0: <laughs> OK uh, right we're coming and, and, and from, from my point of view yeah I, I kind of agree with the point about Sheffield United um, I, I, think Bournemouth will, I think Bournemouth will do it I, I think when you say Middlesbrough you know i have got the momentum I mean to be fair I, when they played us I thought that was the best team um, I'd seen all season I thought they played really well I thought we were lucky to get away with the point but they haven't really pushed on since then. They like they've won a few, lost a couple, drawn one. There's no it, Huddersfield are the ones you know who are flying at the minute, but then they got they've been they've been pegged back as well. It, it's that's why the championship's such a great division. Let's be honest. I mean, apart from Fulham, like it, it, you know, you, there's a fag paper between about ten sides. You know, it's it's crazy. And I'll
1: tell you another thing. You can't
0: reload like um, Millwall either. No, absolutely not. I mean, their home form is is, is amazing, but um, let's hope not. Eh? Um, okay, ours ends. So who are we going to start with? Um, we'll start
2: with Tom. Thanks. So I think um, my eyes are probably something that people probably say quite a lot when they come on, but um, I like people to have really long memories rather than short memories, and I don't like until we get too down on this team, because I think they've done such a good, Mark Warburton and his team have done such a good job, and um, it's, it's been really enjoyable going to Rangers, like before they came in, three, four, five years of finishing somewhere between 18th and 14th, and just it, all just getting a little bit dull, especially under McLaren, and um, Rother them at home, um, just um I just really want people to get behind the team where I sit in the paddocks um is really near the dugout, really near the bits behind the dugout where a lot of the staff staff sit and stand during the games, and sometimes there's a load of negativity around it, and I hate the fact that that can rub off that can rub off on the rest of that team um. I just really want everyone, next few home games particularly, really get behind the team and fire them up because, like I say, we could go into the last international break in sixth, um, rest up. I think international is coming at a great time, injuries-wise, rest up and and really hit those last eight, nine games as hard as we can. And um, we've got a real chance. And it's, and it's really nice this time of the year being at the business end and the sharp end. So people need to start enjoying it rather than being worried about the odd bad result going against us.
0: Well said, that man. Well, I'll, I'll get mine out of the way now quickly before we come on to to the last three. Um, yeah, f- first of all, just a shout out to the QPR media team for—I don't know if you saw that, that graphic they put out um, mm-hmm. after after the aforementioned walk to the bus, the straight out of Luton, um, <laughs> straight out of Luton graphic. I thought was superb, um, and yeah, hats off to them because so that, that's that's one of the best things I've seen all season, and showed it to non-QPR people as well. It wasn't, you know, and and everyone loved that. So so well done them. Um, and the other thing to say was um, it's the, I think it's the 11th annual Tiger Cubs walk for kids, the, the, the kids with Down syndrome. You just probably saw Ilios Cherry, one of the kids on the programme, the last home programme. Um, it's, it's a walk, I think from Fulham to QPR, but it's yeah. slightly indirect. So it's, um, um, it's so we'll walk in a fair bit anyway. Um, so it's on April the 2nd. Um, if anyone wants to get involved, just, um, just drop us a line on Twitter or whatever. Um, I don't know if the fundraising page is up yet but normally you can just google it and it's normally virgin tiger feet 11 or whatever but um there'll be more about that to come anyway but yeah it's just a little heads up that that is happening on april the 2nd before we beat fulham um okay <laughs> okay uh simon your eyes end
4: yeah i think a similar sort of thing with tom it, it would be it would be a real shame that the side who has shown automatic promotion form for the last 13 months End up potentially not not making the play not making the playoffs, and I think ultimately it is we are in with a we are in with a serious chance. And it's interesting the reaction of I'm a lot more sanguine about results now, and because we know that this side is capable of doing so much, and they've done so much. It's been great to see, and actually we're lucky with where I sit, that we don't really have negativity and we've got really good people around us. And I just think it, it's the same all the way around. Just make sure that we do do get behind the lads. They've done, they've done so much, they've done so well. And again, it would be, I just want them to see, to get their just desserts for the hard work that they've put in over the last 13, 14 months, both on the pitch and I think also off the pitch as well. Great, right.
3: Nice one, mate. Uh George? Uh, I think, well, we haven't really acknowledged our new signing, have we, Kieran Westwood? Ah,
0: well played, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so seems
3: he's like, good at this, <laughs> isn't <he? laughs> uh, Seems like a good keeper, a uh, real pro veteran, and let's just get behind him. We haven't had the best of luck with keepers and injuries, so let's just, hopefully he plays well, and let's just get behind the team Saturday against, No, Sunday against Peterborough.
0: Yeah. I'm coming for the predictions in a minute. Don't worry, lads. Uh, Paul, uh, your R's end first.
1: Well, let's hope that uh, Westwood's a keeper that is a keeper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's a keeper. You know when they say, oh, oh that oh, right. a keeper? Sorry. Like, as a relationship, Yeah? No? Like,
0: can you just hold up a sign saying I'm about to tell a joke so we can all laugh?
1: No. <laughs> Simon used to sit beside me for years. I had him laugh at his arse off, didn't I, Simon? I'm the funniest person you've ever sat beside
4: Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you are, Paul. Yeah. Whatever, yeah.
1: Happened, whatever happened to them two university lecturers that sat
4: near us that had the beards? Oh, Rich. Rich is yeah. currently the keeper of history at Brighton University and Nick is still working in college. And I actually saw him for the first time in years. Um, he came to the opening game against Millwall. And the last time I saw him was in um, Bogota at uh, someone's wedding. But no, it's, it's a long story which really doesn't need telling on this podcast. Okay.
1: But you know what? he One of them came up with the best lines I've ever heard the film much ever. I don't remember um, Simon. So, mean, this guy was having a right go at one of them and he's was properly going for it. He was getting aggressive and he was more or less saying, I'm, I'm going to knock you out. He goes, well, you can do, but you still wake up a wanker tomorrow.
4: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is one of the best lines I've ever heard. Anyway, um, yeah, that made me laugh, that. My odds end is... Do you know what? I haven't actually got one, Um which is... Okay, let's which, get predictions the then. But... You know, <laughs> but, I, yeah, but then, I always say I haven't got one, and then Chris, it kicks in. Now, it's just... um, There's a fellow from Dublin called Andy Noble, and I, I'd, I'd seen his, his dad had passed, and I didn't know that, so... To all these people who have lost people yet again, who's lost people in the fan base and had, had a few bad months and stuff like that, we mourn about football and we see what's happened around the world and people are losing people. and We shouldn't really be that downhearted about football, but we are because we love it and I get it. But yeah, just thoughts down in this family and everyone else has lost someone recently. It's, it's bloody horrible in, in this day and age and what's going on. Um, and my, my last thought end is that I am still baffled and still bewildered by watching a manager in full Stone Island gear give an interview after a match. I've never... (laughs) I I can't get my head around it. It's like, you know, are you trying to reach out to those ones in your fan base? I mean, am am I wrong to notice this? Should I not notice this? Should it be normal? But he just comes I mean, what he said about the celebration thing and everything else, it's like, oh, grow up, you fucking idiot. But also learn to dress properly. (laughs)
0: <laughs> nice one. Okay, well, let's get the predictions then. Um, so yeah, well, we'll start with you then, Paul. What's your prediction for Sunday?
1: Ah, for fake sake. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I wish we were playing somebody else. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just that I went to both matches down there and yeah, they it's, uh, it's that swindon thing, and every year someone who gets relegated beats us twice. Yeah. You know, but thinking with that in mind and burning my this season we're having 7 nil Rangers <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay Paul uh, right yeah okay yeah F- follow that Simon
4: yeah I'm going to go 2-1 I'm going to go 2-1 Rangers um, I think it'll be nervy I think it'll be tight and I think we'll get a late winner
0: brilliant uh,
2: Tom, Tom? Um, I'm going to say 2-0 Rangers um, I think parts of Luton or half of Luton and half of Forest, we look like we've turned a corner. And I just think at home, we'll get behind them and we're just going to have a little bit too much for Peterborough, I think. Great. Right. Uh, George?
3: I'm going to go for a 3-0 win. Uh, I think that, uh, as Thomas just said, we'll have a bit too much for Peterborough at the end of the day. And like, I really want revenge on them. They pro- The squad probably want revenge on Peterborough after two horrible games against them so and i'm confident that after the looted performance we can bounce back brilliant well do, I'm do,
1: gonna... before you say anything chris i've just had a stupid idea on. should we wrap westwood up in cotton wool or like mr blobby <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: well we could do yeah um yeah, so I'll go. For, I'll go I'm going to go with Tom and go for two nil. I'll be most happy with three or seven. Obviously, um, I, I yeah, I, I think um, I, I don't dislike Peter at all, um, and I think fair play to them, you know, for beating us twice. But I think it's about time, we, you know, we we got a bit back, um, and they're, you know, they're, let's face it, they're they're pretty much down. We should we, it's the games we sh- we should be winning. Um, I mean, if we don't win it, we are in stuck So I'm going to go two nil. And uh, hope for the best. So that's it. Um, Thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Thanks for joining us, uh, chaps. Um, Hopefully see a few of you on Sunday. But uh, for now, this has been Open All Hours. Uh, Have a good weekend.